Welcome listener, this is Dylan from Arcade Attack, and today I'm going to give you two choices. The first is to turn this podcast off now, go back to your normal life, do the shopping, read the paper, enjoy the gentle comedy of Strictly Come Dancing, or whatever country's got talent, except the mundane. Or two, carry on listening and engage in a discussion that will make you question your very existence, your choices, a discussion that will twist and stretch your mind to the point that you'll soon turn into a vegetable unable to distinguish one reality from another, but you'll have a damn lot of fun along the way. I thought as much. Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Welcome, listener. Um, I take it as you're listening to me, you chose the red pill. Um, This is Dylan, of course. I'm with Keith. Hello. Rob. hey And Adrian. Yo, yo, yo. And today, we're going to discuss the, I thought, quite amazing Bandersnatch episode of Black Mirror, based all around choosing your own story. So it's the first sort of interactive, I think there might have been a kids thing actually on Netflix already that did a similar thing, but the main, the main sort of mainstream choose-your-own-path film, essentially. Um, stars Fionn Whitehead as Stefan Butler, a young programmer who's looking to sell his prototype game Bandersnatch, uh, based on the novel, uh, created by the fictional author Jerome F. Davis, played by a certain Jeffy Minter. Jeffy Minter, um, also stars, uh, Will Poulter as, uh, ace programmer Colin Rittman. Hello, Who's Rob. had to quit Twitter because of abuse, apparently, over the way he looked in that? It's harsh. I think what? We'll, the whole, um, we'll discuss that in a bit. Um, but yeah, Will Paul's in it. Um, Asim Chowdhury. It's, it's a good cast, a good British cast. Um, but yeah, well, I'm, I don't know in what territories it's actually been released. So depending on where our readers are, our readers and slash listeners mm. are, I don't know if they'd have access to this. Definitely in the UK. I think definitely in some and of America. the East And America. Yes. Is Black Mirror popular in America? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big. There you go. So, you guys, if you've not had a go on it, do it. And you're forgetting the most important thing about it. What's Where's the it set? Important? I'm going to do it. Stop stop usurping my podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah? Okay, I'm going to let you take it. I don't know where it's set. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's not important. The location's not important. <laughs> um, I suppose, you know, it. The, the initial premise of it, and the reason I, I was drawn to watching it is because it's all about i think a genre of book of game that's be, that's become quite quite important i think um but you guys have all seen bandersnatch i've made some of you watch it um, you make say, us watch it i say you, i say you watched it <laughs> yes you watched we it played it you played it yes um initial thoughts i suppose before we get into the the main discussion um well, I'm a, he didn't make me watch it because I'm a big <laughs> fan of Black Mirror. So, I mean, I've seen them all up to this point. Um, and obviously there've been loads of hype, lots of hype about how good it was. And, yep. um, I enjoyed it. Mm. I wasn't blown away by it. 
so I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on why yep. you found it so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, it wasn't my favorite episode of Black Mirror, but I appreciate what they were trying to do. Yep. Um, you know, and there's definitely scope for similar mm. to kind of build on it in future. But yeah, you know, it, I enjoyed it. Um, mm. didn't love it. It has limitations. We're definitely going to speak mm. about that later. Mm. Um, Rob, what was your sort of initial thoughts about it? Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I didn't really think this central plot was massively interesting. And I didn't think it was... I didn't... Like, the specifics didn't obviously look like exactly like what it was meant to do. Even though they did a right job with that. But I thought... just I love the fact they were trying out something new. Mm. And it actually made it, the whole thing feel fresh and exciting. And I wanted to see every bit of it. Yeah. Because you don't have to if you don't want to, but I yeah. actually wanted to see all of it. And to me, to me, firstly that, and I think also the fact that it was referential enough to make like you, the person watching it, kind of examine, you know, what these kind of things meant. And you know, took I'm not no spoilers, whatever, because we're going to get onto that, I'm sure. But there's plenty spoilers in this. Yeah, but like, so, but it took yeah. you into it took you into a place where um, I think you had to examine what you were doing and what your kind of. Mm purpose is of all this mm. and i think that to me lifted it into it's like from content into art yeah and i thought that was very impressive yeah 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 i loved it i mean i thought um it reminded me of a simpler time when i used to <laughs> read certain books um and i never thought in my wildest dreams that we ever get to the opportunity to see an interactive version like proper uh sort of film version of, of choosing your adventure well that's the whole thing it's sort of based around yeah. a guy trying to make a game version yeah. of those books yeah. that, that, that we used to obviously have a good good yeah. deal of fun with. I'll talk about them a bit more in a minute, if that's all right. But yeah. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was so fresh. And I agree with Rob. You know, when, when I finished the episode, I was like, well, let's go back and try something a bit different. It, 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 I kind of, you know, I, I enjoyed the story. I thought it was quite dark in areas. And mm. I thought, well, let's see what happens if you do this. Let's see if you do this. And mm. just seeing the different endings, I was like, you never expected half of them, to be fair. And I'm sure you're going to talk about it later, Dylan, but just mm. even the word Netflix within the episode was actually quite, quite creepy, I thought. Yep. Especially because it was based around the um, 80s, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So I thought, ah, oh, this is, this is interesting sort of layers to this. So yeah, no, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm. Well, there you go. So my initial thoughts, obviously we're going to get into it in a lot of detail in a moment, was, you know, was, I picked up late at night, um, the kid and the missus had gone to bed and I'm sat here alone. In the dark, being completely absorbed into this poor boy's life. And I thought it was, it was something else. And there are certain aspects of it where you feel guilty for actually making a lot of the choices. Um, but it's typical Brooker, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, he's a, sat- a satiricist, but he wants to, you know, he wants to sort of impart that kind of guilt on the on the watcher well i think a lot of the black mirror stuff kind of examines the relationship between in terms of entertainment the people who are making the entertainment mm, and, consuming it yeah and yeah. what actually is entertainment what counts this how much does suffering count as entertainment and you know so on yeah yeah so anyway so it's definitely got me thinking mostly about this whole choose your own path you know your own destiny so forth yeah, you, Adrian, you said about the books. What you know? What what kind of things you know? Did you want to bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, um, I we we can't link it to the books because apparently, uh, choose your own adventure, Sering Netflix for met a lot of money. Are they? Ouch! I'm yeah, not stepping on your toes them. here, am I? We're promoting them. That's. Fine. Um, I was going to say that actually because. <laughs> 
Maybe they're being sued because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I explain why in a minute. <laughs> Look, when I was growing up, um, my friend Usman, I mentioned him a few times. Hey. He, you haven't mentioned Usman for ages. It's about time, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's come back. Good old Usman, and he used to um, he used to show me video games and stuff. But he also showed me, got me into a lot of books. I think uh, Paul Jennings' books. I don't know if you remember those. Go around of the twist and so forth. But the earlier books, when we were, you know we, we were infinite primary school together. The first kind of books I really got into that he showed me were the Os- Osborne's Puzzle Adventures. I love those. They're brilliant. Oh my god! They're, before you change the page, or, you know, go forward in the story, you have to yeah. Yeah, complete a puzzle, yeah. and that's not really choosing your own adventure. But he, you know, Usman was a smart man. He's still is a smart man, and he, he start. He was always a bit a step ahead of me, really. And it's like later, I was like, oh, he's not doing puzzle adventures anymore. He's got something else reading. He was reading Choose Your Own Adventure stories. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I have a bit of that. So um I used to go to Sansa Library quite a lot with my mum and my my, my um, two brothers. And I took some out. I took a few books out and I really got engaged. Um do you guys know a lot about the Choose Your Adventure series, the books? I had a couple of them. I used to read quite a lot and I mean basically like you go back and forth within the book. You'd have a choice, go to this page or that page. And obviously that would kind of take you into someplace else. But the thing I think I remember the most, which is probably the thing that many people remember the remember the most, is that 75% of the endings involved either you dying or someone yeah. around you being killed in front of you. Yeah, basically, yeah, it's true. A couple of the ones I had involved you having to roll dice whilst you're doing it. Ooh. So, I was, was going to mention coach. that. I think we've oh, done a, go on, tell we you, you a few finish. high school trips. I think I might Possibly. have had a couple. Yeah, yeah. And, like, rolling this dice, I'm like, I've died again. <laughs> and it's just, come <laughs> on, you know. The ones that, I, was, that was annoying. The ones it. I used to read, um, I don't know if any of you guys know... Um, Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston, they were the guys that founded Games Workshop. Yep. But they also had a series of, um, they were sort of choose your own adventure, but they also like role playing games, but mm. they were books. They were called fighting fantasy books. Oh. And that's, you, you had to, they had to roll the dice in that. Yeah. So you had, mm. there was like a page in there. So you needed a pencil and a rubber yeah. and dice. Um, but I remember quite often I just did away with all that and I'd read it and then, cause it would be, you know, if you roll one to six, you just turn to this like page. Whatever. If, it, yeah, yeah. And I just decide and I go, Oh, I'm dead on that one. Go back to the, <laughs> yeah, go yeah. back to the we've all done, page. We've yeah. all done that, Keith. Trust yeah, me. But they were the ones I used quite to read. Lot, so you were like, yeah. Mm. Um, I've got a quick little history of choose your own adventure books. Do you want Love to, it? Yeah. You happy with me to share it? And, damn right. And, uh, explain why I'm Netflix pre aren't very happy right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Choose Your Adventures is a series of children's game books where each story is written from a second person point of view, with the reader assuming the role of the protagonist and making choices that determines the main character's actions and plot outcome. The series was based upon a concept created by Edward Packard, starting with his first book, I think it's called Sugarcane Island, in 1976. How many Choose Your Adventure books do you think were released in total? 75. Good guess. There's quite a bit more, though. 150. That's a good guess. That's close, but even a bit higher than that. 160. 184. That is a lot of books. So, yeah, it's one of the most popular children's series during the 1980s and 1990s. How many copies of all the books do you think sold uh, over that sort of big period of time? Were they published in other languages? I don't know the answers to that. Okay. (laughs) 850,000. A lot more than that. Oh, no, crikey. Yeah, I mean, Five million. A lot more than that. 20 million. A hundred billion. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are seriously popular. Apparently, in the total series sold more than 250 million copies. That's mad. That is wow. mad, isn't it? That is crazy. 
Yeah. Well, you know, so orig- how was it originally created? How do you think Edward Packard, I mentioned his name there, quite, quite a well-known, famous uh, author. Mm. How do you think he came up with the idea? Oh, God. He fell off the toilet. <laughs> I already know the answer to this. He fell off the toilet and wished that he it. didn't sit down. I'm not going to say that. He was doing acid and thought <laughs> there are a million different kind of universes <laughs> around here. I like, what? If you're reading a book, why is the book linear when our existence yeah, exactly. is so fragmented? Yeah. Why, why does a book have to be linear? It's not that, well, much, it's not that fun, is it? He, yeah. he came up with the idea because he loved telling stories to his children. Uh, Edward Packard, and he, I think he's a lawyer at the time. He just made up these stories, and and I think the the, the kids would often say, "Oh, what happens? You know, tell the story again, but make it a bit different." And he thought, "Hang on a minute, wouldn't it be great if we changed it a little bit and gave the gave the reader uh, different options?" So it's quite a nice little story, and you know, he thought this idea's never been actually used before, and he took a while, it took a good good number of years apparently to get get it published. And he's like I said, the first book was Sugarcane Island. It was very very popular. He was uh, he didn't write all the books. He wrote a good handful, good Edward Packard, and um, I read a lot of his books growing up. I, I really did. Um, so yeah, in some stories, you don't know if you're a child or, or, or an adult. It kind of it kind of implies what you are really. It's kind of gender gender neutral as well, and um, it covered so many kind of you know heroes. You could be a private investigator, a mountain climber, a race car driver, a doctor, a spy. You know, you, you name it, you could be that character. So it kind of yeah, it's just, if you, you know, it fed into that sort of child ambitions, I think, a little bit. Um, and what I like about it, actually, there's there's no clear pattern among the various titles about how many endings there are. They all sort of changed. There's always good and bad endings, like like Rob was saying earlier. Um, yeah, and it, it, it kind of gives you a realistic sense of unpredictability. Um, what I like, and it, this is great, apparently Packard, he came up with some crazy future future books. There was almost like um, sort of trick sort of endings. So he in, in, introduced unexpected twists such as endless page loops or trick endings. Examples include the Paradise Planet ending inside UFO 5440, which can only be reached by cheating or turning to the wrong page by accident. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, he, he kind of apparently warned he warned the readers earlier on that, that you have to almost use your head a little bit in this book. And, and there's apparently there's an endless storyline in the race forever. So you can keep going in that race forever. My favourite book, I don't know why it's my favourite book, I remember it really well, was a book called Soccer Star. Mm. And all of us get into football at the time. And uh, I remember it really clearly, actually. And it was another book by Edward Packard. In the match, uh, it went, in the middle of a match, you've got to choose. Do you do the rainbow kick or do you just play it safe back to your, back to your teammates? What do you reckon you have to do to progress? Rainbow kick? That's what I did. No, don't do the rainbow kick. What? If you do the rainbow kick, I remember you lose the game. So <laughs> play it safe. That's play why Lee safe. Trundle never made it to the Premiership. Uh-huh. He, he chose the rainbow kick, didn't he? And he lost <laughs> Lee yep. Trundle. So sorry, Lee Trundle. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so Edward Packard. He's you know he's he's a famous author. He's eighty-seven years old now. You know he's still going strong. He's got a website, edwardpackard.com, and I've got in touch with the man. The inventor of Choose Your Own Adventures has agreed, and he's done it. We've got a very nice um, text interview we on do, the site. On the site, and he's uh, you know, some of his answers weren't too detailed, to be fair. And I asked him, "Is he a fan of video games?" I think his answer is quite blunt. He's got some choice words to say about video games. <laughs> he does, but uh, you know, it's a little bit left field for us. But I think he helped with Bandersnatch. You know, I, I asked, I actually mentioned Bandersnatch, and now 
Netflix are being sued, so <laughs> put two someone and two would together. Have told him. Someone would have told him at some point. So it's not. It wasn't new emailing. Him. <laughs> when you were doing this interview, you were going, "Hey, have you heard about this thing on Bandersash called this thing on this thing called Netflix? It's completely ripping off your idea." Exactly, <laughs> exactly what I said. And he was like, "What is this Bandersnatch? Oh, if you hate video games, you you already hate this. <laughs> Can you actually patent that kind of idea? Uh, choose your adventures. The actual term was was trademarked. Yeah, it's copyright. It's copyright. Yeah. yeah. They but, don't actually say. Choose your adventure in, I don't in think Bandersnatch, they do. do they? Um, Even I, though it's a uh, choose your own path. I think they did. Mm. I think they, they apparently they... in the trailers, apparently, I, I've been reading about the, the case. They did actually use that term. And apparently, I was reading a bit about it. They were trying to negotiate with the people that owned that, mm. but they never struck a deal. So they still used it without kind of getting full permission. Netflix have got a few quid. They can, yeah, they can send right. a few their, their way. It'll be, it'll be fine. I think it was my fault. I told Edward Packard. <laughs> Hooray! And then now he's suing Netflix. <laughs> now Netflix is going to sue Adrian. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. Knock. Time, <laughs> <laughs> Time to start a shell company, Adrian. Start. Um, but look, read the interview on site. It's really interesting. And uh, he goes into a bit of detail about his favourite books and, mm. and how he came up with the idea a bit more depth. And, you know, hey, he's a big author. He sold, I don't know how many books he sold, but he's still still writing books today. So, yeah, that's my little summary of, of my sort of... Uh, Love it. The books. And, it, and like I said, I think it, you have to say it did at least It's an link important in. thing. Hmm. I think what, what your part there demonstrates is that it's an important part of, one of initially been when we were like kid kids, hmm. but it grew something into late 80s, early 90s, and then eventually made its way into video games. When we first started playing video games, there was one way to, to complete a game, wasn't there? We're playing our Sonics and our Ghostbusters. <laughs> Go from left to right. Go from left to right. <laughs> yeah. Complete yeah. level. This will be it. Uh, but then games started coming in with your, you know, make your own decisions for the character. Mm-hmm. And then yep. The outcomes would be different. You know, first one I had like that really would have been Silent Hill. Yeah. What's that, 99? So yeah. good. Sort of nine, mm. nine years after I'd really started picking up video games because uh, you could almost argue it's not quite the same but even like games like Monkey Island you can choose what you dialogue you select does it have multiple endings does it, yeah, does it no. the that's the, the thing game. it doesn't really affect it, you know you have to always select the right one but I suppose you have a little bit more control a little control but yeah it's not quite the same um, if you go back to the 80s there were lots of text based games text based oh, very similar that to that a, yeah, yeah. where again most of the endings involved you dying in yeah. some way but again, for us, because we picked up platformers when we first started playing, we sort of missed the, we, we, we revisited the text adventure stuff way up. Well, personally, I did way well, after we started. That was the first PC game I ever played, I think, oh. outside of DOS Tetris at school was, yeah. um, I think when I was about in eight or nine years old, my kind of parents got a computer. That was one of two incredibly rudimentary games that were on there. Like if you like typed eat apple, yeah, you die because Poison there'd be a race blade in the yeah, apple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never eat the apple. Never eat the apple. Never choose apple in these games, Rob. You know this. Does a choose your own adventure have to have multiple endings though, or can it just no, have different parts? No, because a lot of them the just end. did have the one ending. Yeah. So the ones that the books, because like you're saying, Silent Hill has different endings. Yeah. But then something the same year, like um, Resident Evil Nemesis, mm. that had. Multiple choices, choices that you can and make paths. during the game. So yeah. you go for a different path to the same end. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's more about the multiple endings now, I think. With, with Bandersnatch, there are, I think, five mm. main 
endings. And about, I think, seven or eight minor, some more minor ones. endings. Yeah. But like, some of them are quite similar. You end up at the, yeah. roughly the same place. Yeah. But like, something different will happen to a different character or you might, you know, the, the world will be without. Yeah. I mean, are we going to go into the, in depth? Uh, almost, almost. Not quite time. Not quite time. <laughs> we might just, I know Rob has to leave us in a minute. So he's probably you're not, to... you're not, uh, doing this part in the true spirit of choose your own adventure. Listener, <laughs> to hear us talk about the end of the Bandersnatch, press one. No, just kidding. Um, but I think, you know, the whole, I like the multiple endings thing. With Silent Hill, you had, um, you could save certain characters. Mm. And if you save certain characters, then you either got the good ending, the bad ending, uh, you can get like a UFO ending. Yeah, the city you know, ending, yeah. You know, that became sort of commonplace in the, in the Silent Hill uh, universe. But again, Indiana Jones. We're going to talk about Fate of Atlantis. Yeah. You know? Yeah, great game. And it's one of the, I think it was the first point of click adventure game where you can actually choose three different paths. Yeah. And it all ends up in the same place, Atlantis, tr- truthfully. But just a good third of the game, maybe even a bit more, you can sort of play it slightly differently. And yeah, it gives that replay ability. Mm. Replayability. Which, um, you know, Fate of Atlantis is probably my second favorite adventure game of all time. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved the idea of trying something a bit different. What yeah. were the choices again? I remember the podcast. You had, you get to a certain Fighting. Point that was it. And yeah. the thinking and the teamwork, I think it was. Ah, that's, so you yes. either work yeah, with, yeah. I can't remember the girl's name, the, the girl's name now, but you work with the, the female, uh, protagonist as well, or you go solo or you go the fighting route. Yeah. Keith, I've got any uh, thoughts about multiple endings in did games? You, did you read the Choose Your Own Yeah, what yeah. were your first sort of experiences with that? Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's there's different endings, isn't there, um, to the original game? Yeah. Depending on what yeah. you do, depending on whether you go back. Who ends up on the helicopter? Do you go back and save Chris or Jill, yeah. depending on whether you're playing as Chris or Jill? Because you don't yeah. have to. You can get to the end, kill Nemesis. Yeah. Uh, Nemesis kill the tyrant, yeah. jump on a helicopter and go. So there's about four different endings. Yeah, so that was one of the first ones. That was probably the first one I remember. In the, in the clock, tower. clock tower, clock there's tower, loads of endings for yeah. clock tower. Oh my god, yeah, you went through all of them. It yes. took about half an hour just to go through our clock just to tower go through the endings alone. But see, if that that obviously that obviously made that game a lot better because if it just had yes. the one, yeah. the one oh defeated the one scissor man, yeah, yeah, that yeah. one scissor man ending, then that wouldn't it wouldn't have made it, it definitely add something to it. Yeah. I think it does add a lot of things. I think then as well, I don't remember, when I, I don't remember playing like Resident Evil for the first time. I don't remember knowing that there were. No, so you just kind of accepted the ending, yeah. whatever one you got. And then you kind of hear later on, oh, if you do this, this can happen. If you just you like chill on the helicopter, you were like, oh, that seems a bit, yeah, that seems a bit downbeat, but okay, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. And someone's like, oh, well, no, you can get everyone on the helicopter. Yeah. Like, huh? I don't listen, and again, like you said with Silent Hill, I don't remember them ever really publicizing it. Whereas now, most big games, it's, it's one of the selling points, you know, your choices matter. I know. And that kind of thing. It wasn't such a big. It took it, game like Fable took it a bit, a, a bit, in a different way. Did you guys ever play Fable? I've, I've always wanted to play that game. Great game. Uh, people knock Fable 2 for some reason, but I thought that was alright. But Fable essentially is, you are Magic Boy. <laughs> and you can either do good or bad mm, through the okay. game. And so you can either terrorize people, which, you know, like become outlaws in mm. certain towns or stuff, or just be a good guy and kind of play it that way. 
but there's there's so many different decisions you can make doing and the whole the whole thing is like it's not just a pathway thing it's just you can just completely but again that's something that people have oh, this, expanded I mean, on they've expanded on i know you're going to shout at me again now but red dead redemption 2 oh, yeah. through the whole game <laughs> you you know you can decide whether you are acting an honorable way or whether you just want to be an outlaw yeah. and the game the way that people react to you within the game mm. and the way the game sort of the paths you go down are all affected by that it's it's become massive isn't it yeah it's now actually something that developers look to build in because mm. they want to give game players have got now to a point where we want different endings mm. we want our morals and stuff to count towards an ending you quite often ending. hear people complain about games being too linear as well oh yeah so yeah you, you do you know they've obviously seen that and it does seem to be incorporated into every sort of big release yeah. now as well so yeah yeah i can think of a lot of linear games but again see that's something that we didn't mind in the early no, movies just yeah. we just like i oh, will play something to the end yeah. or, although even though sonic with the you could say there's multiple endings because you got to get if you get the emeralds, get the chaos emeralds. There you go, supersonic, uh, supersonic. In yeah. the first in the first game, you don't even complete it properly. You have to get all the em- emeralds to get the proper ending That's in, the, true. in the first Sonic. So, yeah. but again, you didn't question it, no. did you? Just kind of play it through. One of the first games that really gave you a lot of control, I think it was a game called Black and White. Have you guys heard about this? Oh, God, yeah. Love that game. We should maybe look at that one day, shouldn't we? But it we? was so buggy. Like, it always used to yeah. crash on me. Yeah. Is, it, is it an Amiga game? No, it's That's a PC. PC. It's um, oh. Peter Molyneux, isn't it? I think maybe. Yeah, it. so it's a Molyneux classic. Is it a lion head? Am I just yeah, about... you control this monster. Yeah. yeah. Um, mon- in... <laughs> Bunny Sorry, is. In, in bunny is. In, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. in inverted commas. Uh, and then you help the town. Yep. Um, but you can either be great to everyone mm, yeah. in your town, neighboring towns, or the other, or you can just go around just being an ass yeah. and, you know, and doing it that way. But it's your, your actions are black and white. Mm, it's a slightly ahead of its time, actually, because you're right. It was really buggy. I think you almost tried a bit too, too yeah. much in that game. I mean, I had quite a high spec PC at the time, like yeah. way more than, than what was needed and it's still yeah it's still really used to bug out on me and glitch yeah yeah but even that you'd, you'd want to go back to your last save point to pick it up again even when it does it was that good it was good it's the graphics were amazing it was yeah. kind of like settlers wasn't it but advanced version black and white definitely needs to make a comeback like, i think they made two didn't they they made the a only sequel two, i think yeah, yeah they didn't do any but i think that was the first real sort of when you have full control about every second what you did sort of yeah. led to how you controlled it you were just stomping around yeah. and you'd go to things and it was but you were controlling the hand weren't you you were the hand oh you were the hand that did the thing and you yeah, could control so... your sort of monster you had a massive monster oh, that's it the monster is your pet sorry my bad yeah, yeah. so you're the god yeah. and the, uh, the, the okay. monster is your pet so you can like get it to do stuff mm. you could like fling um, rocks at stuff um, but yeah um, so that is I thought, yeah, black and white. Yeah. So it's like one of those God Sims, but with the monster yeah. kind of it, angle. I, yeah. I was a massive fan. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've not heard of that one. I wouldn't yeah. mind playing it again, actually. I, I kind of miss that game a lot, actually. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to Snatch. <laughs> um, Rob's going to leave us soon. So <laughs> I don't know what he wants to talk about before he goes. But I was going to really take it on to the fact that Bandersnatch mirrors a lot of games that we play and the choices in it again mirror a lot of the things that we play um and the first decision is what cereal you should eat dude it's the hardest decision i have to face every day <laughs> i was like this is so real 
Um, but like the kind of ones at the beginning are minor and actually have no mm. effect. Oh, it's only very they're linear, very minor. But yeah. it, they reference it those things later on in the episode. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I actually made the thing about the serial. Okay, right. This is something I, I lifted this from IMDb. But the serial you choose at the beginning, right, um, changes the advert that plays uh, briefly before you watch the tape. Yes, um, uh, of the documentary, right. right? So this is massive spoilers. Again, if you've not watched Bandersnatch, please go and watch it and then come <laughs> back to this. Yeah. Um, but there is quite a key bit where Colin Rittman, aka our friend Will, who uh, is the the Jeff Minter like the programmer. All right, so let me just go back to a bit more of the plot then. So um, Stephen Butler is pitching this game, he's pitching this Bandersnatch game to Tucker Soft. In what time era? In the eighties, nineteen eighty four, July eighty four. In where are Tucker Soft's offices based, Rob? Uh, the doorway to hell, if you believe Hellblazer comics. But, <laughs> um, in the fifty P building in the center of Croydon. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we we've been invested in this for a while because mm-hmm. we knew about the transformation. We knew it was a Black Mirror episode. I think I might have actually ago. walked past where they were filming because I saw a film yeah. crew outside of St George's Walk a few months back and thought, hmm, that looks interesting. Yep, so the bit where he walks into the W.H. Smith yeah, and there's sad. the yeah. wimpy opposite is all St. George's Walk in Croydon, yep. which we've walked around since we were all kids. Staggered, so, staggered around slightly <laughs> staggered we've been around. Up, We've grown up in Croydon. <laughs> we're Croydon boys, aren't we? We're Croydon boys, so it was lovely to have the, the Black Mirror crew sort of come our way. Do you guys know I actually worked in the 50 people building? Wow, it's the well, it's the NLA Tower, isn't it? That's, well, it's it's a fifty p building in it or something. Now. Is that what it's called now? Yeah, something. Yeah, I worked, I worked there for a week. Was I worked a... for Vodafone. <laughs> nice. As uh, I basically got fed up at uni, uh, I finished two years. I got an HND. I was like, God, I want to go. To... I'm fed up at education, so I, I got a job at Vodafone, data entry. I was like, I can't do this. I've got one one week. <laughs> yeah. I was in there for one week, basically typing code. So I can't do this anymore. Um, and I, I, I begged back and said, "Uni, please take me back to finish my degree." I said, "Yes, fine." So I was there. For, I was in the 50p building for like one five, five working days. <laughs> oh god, that building is just what? What's that, Rob? You'll know. What is that term they've got for all those buildings in Croydon? Brutalist. Brutalist. Thank you, sir. I knew this is why you're here. Um, but I love the way it looks. I really, I've actually got really into brutalist. I think like kind of buildings the last two or three years. I think like the well-designed ones just look fantastic. It makes Croydon perfect for Bandersnatch because. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just wander around and all of our random buildings and which we still keep. They're not going to uh, go anywhere. And being made into flats for the most part. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. So, Tuck- so he's mm. pitching the, he's pitching the game to Tucker Soft. So you've got, um, Asim Chowdhury is the boss, Mr. Tucker. Um, you've got Will Poulter as the Colin Rittman, who's essentially Jeff Minter, uh, or someone very much like Jeff Minter, um, who's, pre- uh, you know, it's, He's prolific. He's made crazy amount of games. Yeah, he's yeah. like the young hotshot developer. The young hotshot thing. Llama Soft, Tempest, 2000, yeah. you name it, he's done it. But when young Stefan shows them his work in progress, they're like, give it, give it to us. Yeah. Give it to us. Um, massive spoiler. If you choose to work in their offices, you finish the game, but it gets a bad, well, it gets a bad review and yeah. then that's the end and then you get to go back. Yeah, almost, uh, all the endings involve this fictional TV show within, like, the TV yeah, program. love that. Where they review the, the mm. game and, like, they'll go, oh, like, I, this is guy, who is he based on, would you say? The guy who's actually reviewing the games in this. Oh, Feels crikey. a bit like, 
Yeah, kind of generic like guys on Tomorrow's World and stuff. That's what I was thinking. Video games, and but things. generic like kind of young computer nerd kind of guy. Yeah, I didn't um, know if it was just supposed to be like a throwback to like the kids used to see on Bad Influence. And like yeah, yeah Andy Crane yeah. <laughs> Review, reviewing the games and <laughs> and you know like it'll be on this uh, wider part of this TV show and the host will go, oh, what did you think of Bandersnatch? He went, mm. well, I thought that Ban. I thought it was very interesting how Bandersnatch <laughs> did this, but ultimately it hasn't gone. Uh, it hasn't lived up to or like. I love this, and you know, <laughs> so on and so on, and that's part of like each ending is what happens to the game as well as what happens to the protagonist. Yes. Well, that's it. So it's essentially you're trying to. It's quite clever in the way it, it makes you want to get a maximum review for the game, yeah. and also the best outcome from you know for everyone in the program. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? Being, I just being Black Mirror doesn't really turn out like that, does it? No, no. no. But I just think it's quite clever that the whole. Choose Your Own Adventure, the first proper film, was based on actually uh, games. I think that's quite a clever twist because, you know, it makes sense, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, absolutely. it could have been about anything, couldn't it? You could make a Choose Your Own Adventure interactive TV show. It doesn't have, they couldn't, they could have just not mentioned yeah, video games. But then Keith. The no. They could have done right. that, but then we wouldn't really have an excuse to talk about it. No, would I, we? Know. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. I like you. I like the fact that they did. This could be the most loosely gaming, gaming related it, podcast we've could done. Be. But, you know, um, Rob's off, so we just wait Rob. off. <laughs> <laughs> In an alternate reality, I didn't say that he left. Ooh. Ah, Do you want Rob to come back? Press, <laughs> press one for Rob to come back, or press two for him to get lost. <laughs> that was Everyone's press two. We would have known, I think, I think the listeners would have noticed if Robert, if, you know, if Robert gone or not. <laughs> he has gone, don't worry. Um, but, yeah, it, it is just every decision you make, you feel guilty for it. So the you know the first decision. So you choose what cereal he he eats. That's fine. I chose sugar puffs. I think me too. Where well, the first time it's oh, tough though, man. I like frosties as well. Frost. I chose frosties. I'm a frosties man. <gasps> what well, if they the third option? I just have a mix of the two, please, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't eat cereal. I just eat coffee. Uh, to eat. I eat coffee. <laughs> I, eat I coffee. just eat granules of coffee. I just drink coffee in the morning. That's my you breakfast. Eat coffee. Oof. Um, but I think that the main reason that Stefan is like infatuated with this idea to turn this book into a game yeah. is because of one decision which led to his mum dying. So, yeah. um, hopefully people have all watched it now, uh, cause I'm, it's again a bit of a spoiler. So with where a five year old Stefan, um, delayed his mum getting a train. Uh, so she was going to go visit her parents. She was meant to get on the 8.30 train. Uh, he delayed her because he couldn't find his bunny. So five-year-old Stefan couldn't find his bunny because his dad took it away. So, okay, yes, partly his dad. Partly him for wanting to take the bunny with him on the trip. The mum ends up getting the 8.45 train, which derailed subsequently killing her and a lot of the passengers on it Mm. so you know i think his guilt potentially from his anger at his dad obviously has spurred a lot of this has spurred a lot of the plot on i think a lot of people have said there's not much of the plot i think there's more to it than than people it reminds me a bit of you know sliding doors which is a bit of a rom-com but yeah it, in little things in life, yeah. almost silly for little things like what train you get or does she get in the the, the the subway or not, can can have a huge difference in your life. And I think that's, that's what they're kind of. 
Oh, yeah. I love that film. And no, I, not know, the film. The film's rubbish. No, Just I the concept. Liked, I like sliding I, doors. Oh, oh my I, God. Keith's going to hate what us, What the hell? No, no. I was talking about the butterfly effect. I can't believe you just no. said that out loud. And actually, I'm defending Dylan now because Becca thinks I'm a soppy. My wife says you're soppy for liking sliding doors. It's stupid. It's rubbish. Whereas I like it. And I do like the butterfly effect as well. I think it's good. I, I meant the concept of the butterfly effect. I like the film, the film too. Ashton yeah. Kushner. I like it. I like time travel, weird parallel universe films. Okay. I've even seen the butterfly effect too. There's a sequel? Yeah. And actually, <laughs> I can't believe there's a sequel. Spo- actually, I think I've, this is completely true. The person in American Pie who goes, Bumblebee, 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 he's the main <laughs> actor in Butterfly Effect 2. Well, there you that, go. that is completely true. And there's your arcade attack link. <laughs> they did not have much of a budget for that sequel, did no. they? No, the, the Butterfly Effect was... I, That's true. I, I like the Butterfly Effect. I like sliding doors. I like anything with this kind do of... You, do you like the man that goes, Bumblebee, Bumblebee, Bumblebee <laughs> in American Pie? Well, the listeners don't know that we do that every sound oh, test yeah. before we record. So now they do. There's a spoiler. There's an arcade attack. A bit, bit of trivia. Bumblebee, bumblebee. Yep. Should, should we do it quickly? Bumblebee, bumblebee, bumblebee. bumblebee. There you go. <laughs> you press option two and we never did that. <laughs> but yeah, so it, he, his, you know, his desire to get this game done all stems from that. Um, he hates his dad. Oh my God. This mm. guy hates his dad. He wakes up, you know, does he even want his dad offering him cereal? In the morning. Because no, I actually felt not. sorry for the dad initially. Initially. Yeah. When I first watched him, I was like, why is he being so rude to his dad? But you kind of realise. Yeah. Mm. So he has a lot of interactions with his dad. He has a lot of interactions with his psychiatrist. Yes. As well. So something like, you know, permanent guilt for killing your mum. Because he's, he's basically condemned himself, hasn't he? He's, he's, mm. he's kind of condemned himself and his dad. And, you know, getting through this guilt. And, you know, she asked him a lot of questions. And a lot of the... The options and things are when you're talking to her and you want to, like, she even asks whether you want to talk about what happened to your mum and that. Yeah. You can actually skip that. You can actually skip the whole thing. And then, but you need to know. You need to know. I think most people would have chosen, yes, I want to hear about what happened oh, yeah. with your mum, what happened with the train, etc. Uh, a lot of the stuff that she does later leads off to some of the, the kind of meta endings the one you mentioned netflix the ones that kind of you know break through with that kind of stuff um but yeah and so the psychiatrist you've got his dad um you've got colin ritman you've got will mm. Poulter, a lot of stuff um but yeah i don't know i mean it just it, the, does the plot flow the way you guys thought it would did you you know did with how, how did you feel about the choices that you were making you know, how, how did, how did the thing actually make you feel? Do you know what I didn't appreciate? I felt sometimes it was a bit too rushed. Like the time on making a decision. You know? Right. I know it, obviously, in, you know, for, for him living his life, he makes the decision quickly. And, yeah. But maybe if you had a bit more time to think about what you were doing, because there was an element of, ah, I just or, press that one. Yeah. And you haven't actually thought, Actually, I would like to see what happens. Do you know what? They, they could do it with no time yeah. limit, couldn't they, Keith? Just literally or two give options. You an option. Yeah, give you an option to do it with or without the time. Yeah. yeah? They could have done. They'd have to pause it, though. Because the, the reason... Of course, that, because it continues yeah. 
things. Oh, it's very fluid. It's seamless. While you're, yeah. Yes, while you're because deciding. Because you can yeah, see yeah. like the characters breathing. Actually, no, you I, I was so point. impressed That's by that because I, I assumed when you had to make decisions, it would be paused. But it was yeah. still, people were it still was moving. Good, wasn't it? It, was it was really clever. very cleverly like in done. Nemesis. Like in Nemesis, obviously the screen goes black and white or it goes into that weird kind of negative. It's like negative, yeah. Kind of feel. And it goes, it pauses and goes, oh, right. You know, what are you going to do? One. Nemesis yeah. is coming at you. Yep. Do you throw this crate or do you die? Yeah. But Bandersnatch is good because it's, it kind of, it does panic you slightly. Yeah. Because it, does, it only yeah. gives you 10 seconds or yeah. something to think about. But then it, it. kind of is putting you in his shoes, I guess. You're putting you in his yeah. shoes. And, but the, I, I get, I, the main thing for me is that he knew he was being controlled, isn't it? Yeah. He knows yeah. he's being controlled. And I think the whole theme, the whole theme, and it touches on it and a lot of the endings is that our choices are never our own. So he's going through life. And he's getting nervous, and there's one point where you choose to bite his nails, yeah, or to yeah, like, or pull his ear, or pull his yeah. earlobe, and he's yeah. like, "Someone is making these decisions for me." I just felt really guilty. I think the the more because you know I'm sitting alone at home playing this, mm. this especially film. when you get the option to tell him that it's it's Netflix. Oh, oh god, and you tell and him it's, it's almost Netflix. like they turn the camera to, at you, yeah. yeah, and you're like, yeah, this is me doing this. And don't forget, forget yeah. you, this is an 80s, this is based in the 80s. Internet yeah. didn't exist. I did think it was very cool, and then they're him trying to explain to his dad oh what it god. was, what Netflix was. You're basically making this kid go mad. Yeah. And he's saying to people that he's being controlled by Netflix, and they're like, <laughs> "What is Netflix?" What's a Netflix? Yeah. And you can actually continue to explain it, like Netflix mm. is a streaming entertainment system, and it's just completely mad. Mm. You know, like, what am I doing to this poor kid? And but the, the the Netflix one, I think, comes up with you can either prompt him to do that, or there's the Space Invaders yes. symbol, and then it goes down, and you can you can you can finish finish the game that way if you do the netflix thing yeah um one of the endings is actually you go to the psychiatrist you stick with the netflix loop and then it he you make him go out the window yeah and then he actually wants to go out the window and they say cut and then actually zoom back that it's an actual netflix yeah. recording yeah oh, I didn't see i've that seen one. that one i only got oh yeah i only watched it through to two endings Ah, okay. Um, okay. Oh, but I like the, the, um, again in the psychiatrist's office, mm. where she says to him, you know, if, if this was being, if you, this was being controlled by someone else, or if it was like a TV show mm. or for entertainment, wouldn't you like there to be a bit more action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, got like, oh, hell yes. Or I can't remember what the yeah. other option was. And obviously you click, hell yeah. And then they have this massive, like, kung fu fight. Yeah. To end it. I was like, that was the first ending we got. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. yeah. It was so bizarre, um, but I did enjoy that. And the other, if that's only one of the other endings you would have got, I think. Yeah, you need to see a lot of the other ones. Mm. If you, that, we, we, I mean, we so we went through it again, um, and we got probably the sad ending. It's kind of bittersweet where he finds the teddy or the bunny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets on the train with his mum. Yeah, but okay. it's still the same late train. Mm. That 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 one for you, that one for me actually made me cry a little. That bit. That was the feel because it was that. That brought the feels because where his mum, but and I say it was hard because the whole thing is is that you play it a lot of a lot of the game you do over because you you get to that review bit where he says about Bandersnatch and one out of five or two out of five whatever the review is for the game at the end, Um, but then it goes back and it goes back and there is that so you get quite invested in Stefan's life and you're like oh this poor guy Mm. and then you finally get away that it's when. Colin and Stefan are doing acid, isn't it? 
Oh, yeah, oh and it's yeah, flat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a bit of the film where, where you, yeah. you can either choose to go off with Colin or go to your psychiatry session. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go to Colin, he introduces you to his missus, yeah. his daughter, who's also in one of the other endings. Uh, and then they just do a lot of drugs. Yeah. And then he tells him that mirrors are a way to go back through time or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. It is, doesn't it? Yeah. So if you choose that arc, then that's how you become five-year-old Stefan, and then you find the bunny. Um, you place the bunny back under their bed, and this was the kicker for me. Even after doing all of that, it gets you to do all of that. You think, okay, right, saving my mum. Yeah. Here yeah. she comes. Yeah. She still gets delayed. She still misses the train. Regardless of do, you doing all of that and trying to save your mum, yeah. she's still getting on that 8.45 train. It's almost like... can't stop her. Yeah, Final Destination. But even if you... Yeah. There's no way of preventing it to happen yeah. in a way. Mm. And Black Mirror, being Black Mirror, gives you the choice of sending your mum to her death or going with her and dying oh, with her. Mm. Well, I got to the point where you can choose whether you whether you jump out the flat with... Is it... Who's the programmer again? Colin. So it's Colin. Colin, or you ask Colin to jump out. Have you heard this? Yeah, you yeah, seen yeah I made bit? him jump. I, I, <laughs> I was like, hell no. I, I did both. <laughs> and, um, God, it's quite dark, isn't it? Mm. It's super dark. I think... That like obviously when you when you when you jump off and kill yourself, the reviews are it's only half finished. Um, tuck us off to rush this out. Mm. Not great. If you the game can continue if yeah. Colin jumps because then he disappears. But he, later yeah. they talk about him. And he's like, oh, he's not around. Mm. But it's because he's splattered at the bottom of. His, oh, they think then they think he's in Amsterdam. They think he's in Amsterdam. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but um, I found a little bit of a bug with that. Oh, all right. Because I found I found an arc where he did that, and then he was still in the bit at the end of the game talking to Tucker about oh, no. the release of the game. Oh, Dylan, yeah, you've so ruined it now. I think they might you have found the bug in the game. I found I found a slight how, error. How do you reckon they even made Bandersnatch? They must have made so many different f- films and clips and how putting it all together must have been a real. Yeah, cr- it's more the stitching it together. I mean, it's easy yeah. enough to film every scene, but yeah. Yeah, and, and we talk about Jeff Minter and the sort of the, um, the yeah. Jerome Davis oh, yeah. element, Cameo, yeah. and the glyphs and the the kind of the the, the, the drawing out, if the, and every sort of little path you have to sketch out, and yeah. it's that little fork, isn't it? So after you know Jerome went mad, um, killed his wife and everything, uh, and then just ended up writing all that stuff on the wall. And one of the the a lot a lot of the the good endings for the game include. Involve you killing your dad, because Stefan gets really annoyed. So where well, he finds, you know, it, yeah, he's so, taken the bunny away and he blames yeah. him for what happened for to his mum. Yeah, for everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so but that was it. One. So just going back to what Ada was saying, one of the endings where you kill your dad. Yeah. The review of the game mentions that people only play it because it's notorious because the, yeah, pro- the yeah. guy that programmed it murdered his dad. And, yeah. Which I think is pretty really quite realistic. Yeah. Yeah. It probably would be like that, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. So the the thing so with um after you so you can see Stefan getting more and more irritated by his dad as it goes on. And then it gets to the bit where in the kitchen there is a bit of a EastEnders moment where he has he grabs the ashtray uh and smashes him round the head. And then you have to decide what to do with the body. <laughs> and what actually you talk about being rust on decisions. Mm. One of the arcs makes you phone the psychiatrist. I forgot what her late, um, what her name is. Um, but if you don't get the number right, 
Yeah. Then, ah, he, yes. then he yep. automatically buries him in the garden. I think some other, um, one of the other arcs, the good, the good arc for the game means you have to chop him up. <laughs> so you have to chop up your dad. So Black Mirror is getting you to either bury your dad in the garden, in which case the dog finds, uh, the body, uh, police get called. You don't have yeah. time to finish the game. You chop him up and leave him in your room. So leave, leave your dad's head on, on the desk. <laughs> Stefan's head is clear. Uh, and then he finishes the game five out of five, but then it gets pulled because, you know, people, he chopped his dad up because he chopped his dad up. <laughs> wow. So is there any good ending in this game? Or program I or have film? not found a good ending in this game. It's all, it's all about, you know, it goes back to the whole, our choices are never really ours kind of thing. So yeah. Black Mirror wants you to come to a, ba- a bad ending. They're all bad. You know, you die on the train with your mum. You finish the game. It's crap. You finish the game. You get sent to prison. Um, your dad dies pretty much every time. You know, enjoy. That's, <laughs> that's your life. Um, but I just, I just every, and all of the artwork in it, all this sort of spectrum artwork and everything mm. done by Ollie Frey. Yeah. You it, know, it, it definitely had that authentic. It's authentic. Mm. Uh, there's some other nice little sort of bits like all of the, all of the games are proper. Spectrum. Yeah. There's a nod to the Commodore. Yeah. At, at uh, some point, when he met, he says, "Oh yeah, Commodore 64. It's got a really good sound chip." I was like, "Yeah, it has." Hello, <laughs> Dylan, man. You know, yeah, looking back at your, yeah, it's got the Sid. Yeah. So there's one because because Stefan says he can't afford a Commodore, so he's like, he says to he says to Colin Ritman, he says, "You know, I played all your games uh, except the ones on Commodore. Can't afford a Commodore." Uh, and then yeah, um, the Sid chip, the sound interface device. Yes. Was superior to every other sort Love of eight bit, eight bit console, eight bit computer at the time. So you know, props to that. I feel like Jeff Jeff Mitner has had a lot of words in the ear of a lot of the producers of this, even though it was Charlie well, Brooker and I followed Jeff on Twitter, and he he gave a few subtle hints about he did he didn't he? I retweeted a few of them. Yeah, they were quite yeah. clever, weren't they? Yeah. Oh. I think if you want, why have I been traveling to London so often? Like, you know, <laughs> when's, you when's, when's Black Mirror going to come on next and stuff? Quite, <laughs> quite good little, little tweets. And like, it makes sense. He's great in it, actually. He makes a good, crazy computer programmer, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there are some cool, I'm going to go through a cool bit of, um, cool bits of trivia. I found out about it, actually. Um, the fax sound you hear at the end of Bandersnatch on, uh, again, I've lifted these from my MDB. Um, no shame, no shame really. Uh, on Stefan's headphone translates to a QR code that leads you to a website where you will find one of the games shown in the movie. I think it's Nosedive. So the one where you're and you can, sort of plumbing. Yeah. Which is also, Nosedive is what ends up to, to one of them during the, the of film. Course. Of course, yeah, yeah. So you can, uh, you can you send can, one of them you to, can play the game. to nosediving. You can actually play, yeah. I think, I think it's nosedive. It's playable. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's a playable, um, ZX Spectrum program. So if you've got, um, emulator or such, uh, you can have, you can have a do it. Actually, I think it actually loads it as a basic program. Mm. Oh, good, isn't it? Um, I didn't have time to check this out, but apparently, uh, Bandersnatch was a real life video game project. Uh, that was being developed by Imagine Software. I've heard about this. Apparently yeah. it's true, yeah. So Tuckersoft is, yeah, I know, Imagine Software were actually a, a company trying to do these things in the 1980s. Um, it was planned to be one of the two mega games that they produced to launch, um, that they proposed to launch. Uh, it's going to be on the, on the spectrum. 
um, and something called Cyclops was going to be launched on the Commodore 64. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't think either of them made it out. So it was going to be, at the time, it was said to be, Bandersnatch was said to be the most innovative and advanced home computer title ever created, bringing new levels of interaction to the platform. Mm. Um, but yeah, they were trying to create their 1984. So of course the film's... Amazing. Um, the film slash episode of Black Mirror, uh, all centered around, all, um, set in 1984. Uh, yeah, so in fact, the Crash magazine being read by Colin Rittman was a one-off and obviously Ollie Frey uh, did that um, said the thing about the serial which I thought was pretty interesting <laughs> and one ending has a newspaper headline that reads programmer confesses as dad found in 8 bits hey. uh, <laughs> so of course a pun on 8 bit nice. video game technology um, which is yeah which is obviously what everything is about um, so that's the main theme a Bandersnatch mm-hmm. and some of the mm-hmm. some of the endings. Um, one of them is they talk about the meta ending about the Netflix one. The other one is that what we're watching is actually uh, the the new Bandersnatch is actually Bandersnatch. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? So one of the endings is that the good ending is that well, I say the good ending good. is that you get the five star review on the game. Mm. Uh, it's then a new developer is making it for the current gen. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And the developer is Pearl Ripman, is Colin's little baby daughter that you see uh, in the film. Oh. So then she's making it, and you can see a little clip of it, or she, as she's editing it, is that clip of... So a lot of it flicks to Stefan waking up uh, after a dream or something, yeah. and he's listening to Relax by yes, Frankie Goes yeah. to Hollywood. Yeah. So you see that bit, so you're like, oh, what? Am I playing her Bandersnatch? Uh, like, what, okay. What's going on? Clever. So, yeah. That kind of thing. And then she has, um, at various points in Bandersnatch, you can either destroy the computer or yeah, throw tea over it. Yeah, I kept trying to hold that off as long as possible. And it got to the point, like, it was like bang the table, smash yep. the computer. Or put, but then yeah. eventually yeah. it was either smash the computer or throw tea on it. It was yeah. like you had, there was a point where you That's had why to I think damage Black Mirror, well, Bandersnatch doesn't give you full, full, full control. Yeah. Because yeah. there are because, bits where it directs you down a certain yeah, and some choices lead to the same, you know. Never, you know. What did you throw in your master system? What was that liquid? Coke, Coca Cola went in my master system, but it still worked. It's still alive. <laughs> so that was the right choice. Smash master system or throw <laughs> Coca Cola? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you don't smash the master system. You pour Coke. You never in smash the master. My poor Amiga died as well. I think it had coffee spilt on it. So don't throw coffee on the Amiga. I had strawberry milkshake in my Amiga. He broke it. <laughs> so, he broke so it. basically, it can take coffee, but not strawberry. So, Coca Cola, Coke, Coke is the one. Coke is the thing that you yeah, must you spill in your, throw on your computer. Throw Coke, yeah. <laughs> or water. Obviously. Throw Coke or strawberry milkshake or coffee. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. That ends the podcast. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> At least don't do that. No, we were Agent's like, already going to be sued once. No, we don't. So yeah, so the main thing is, of course, our choices aren't not. On our own, we are forced down forks where we're choosing the the, the same thing. Essentially, Wait, are we talking about the the, the real life? Now. The oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like real life. Yeah. The and there's always there's bits there where you go back, isn't it? You go yeah. back, or you go back to like a key decision. So you actually go back to the decision that you've just made, mm. or you go back to something that's happened a couple of scenes ago. And it's odd, isn't it? Like 
you kind of have that you can watch you can actually i think something like an hour and a half or you can rattle through bandersnatch in about 40 minutes so you can either yep. keep yeah. going back and going through these other paths or just rattle it off keep going mm. back and you know go to yep. the more the more narrow yeah fork. i probably gave it like two hours in total looking back and forth and looking different endings That's i probably bad, gave it a good it? sort of two hours yeah yeah so i i did the same thing so i played it through to the credits yeah and then uh i think about three four days after i made completely different choices mm. ran it through again I wasn't feeling it. Mm. I wasn't feeling that second time around. Well, see, when I, we did it, we did it in one sitting and we just looked at the two endings and it gave, obviously when it got to the end, it gave you the option to kind of go back again. But yeah. I didn't want to watch a lot of this because you do end up having to watch a lot of the same footage again. Yeah. That was the thing for me. Mm. Although I did, you know, I enjoyed going through it a couple of times. It's easier to pick up. I isn't did, it? yeah, I didn't feel like I wanted to sit there and go through mm. it and go through it and go through it. But I know people did. My sister did. Yeah. She wanted to see absolutely every last bit of it. Mm. But I, I couldn't face doing that. I wonder how many hours of footage is in total. All the scenes added up. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, a lot, isn't it? Apparently, I've, I haven't seen all of it. Did you hear recently? Netflix announced if you look at the family photo twice in a row, mm. you get a really different ending. Apparently, okay, I haven't right. seen it. Apparently, that's true. Yeah, because you're the next time you come back to that decision, you're like, oh, I don't look at the family photo again. I'll uh, look at the. But book. no, if you do it twice in a row, something weird. I'm, I don't know. Apparently, okay. Netflix little little glitch or something or little. There's crazy you can ending. you can kill off some of the other characters, some of the sort of the you can kill off Taka. You can, oh, right. well, Mr. Mr. Sucker, you can, because there's one bit, you kill him off because they're waiting to release the game. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah. he's trying to contact Stefan, but the, I think he's on the phone or something. He goes around the house whilst you're chopping up your dad. <laughs> so if you see him, you're like, oh, he's like, you've got to kill him, obviously, because he's seen you, <laughs> Oops, he's, well seen done. you like, he's seen you like chop up your dad. Yeah. So. So he kind of snuffs it that way. Apparently, you can kill off Kitty Ritman, so Colin's missus. Oh. Uh, I haven't got to that bit. I think she probably, it probably comes at a juncture where you've persuaded Colin to jump off the ledge, uh, and then do it that way. Um, but I went to IMDB and the first review, the first user review, um, from a, from a guy or girl called a mind astray. I worry about them a little bit. Uh, actually resonated with me. So I'm going to read out the whole thing. So the graphics and music were great. Uh, and the transition was smooth at the crossroads. Uh, but the story, it didn't feel like much of a story. Uh, and then I felt pushed into making choices that I did not want to make. Uh, I think it captured the choose your own path game feeling. Uh, but to me, that didn't really feel right in a movie. Everything felt too simple, uh, and a bit too forced. It's great that Black Mirror wanted to do something innovative, uh, which this truly is. But because it is, because it is Black Mirror, all the endings feel wrong. In a game mm. like this, you play for the best outcome, but here you just play to see what else you can get. Yeah. Like you say, there isn't really a best outcome. There isn't a best outcome with this. Yeah. So there's, there's no option to do a rainbow kick. There's no option to do a rainbow <laughs> kick. You can't just go like, you know, when, when you say there like, there is, there's a hidden scene with Lee Trundle. When it's like kill dad, <laughs> when it's kill dad, it's yeah. always with the ashtray. If there mm. was like kill dad with rainbow kick, <laughs> do, do rainbow kick with, with your dad's head. Do rainbow <laughs> kick on dad's head. 
and then you're loving it. But it's you know, I I, I don't know why IMDb whack certain reviews up to the front page, but I thought that that kind of captures it quite well. And I also think that um something like this, I think the value of it diminishes every time you replay it. Mm. Yeah. Because you see you see its flaws more. You're not as involved because you've played through the story, you've felt the yeah. story mm. sort of genuinely the first time round. When you're doing it second, third time round, why are you doing it? What kind of you are you, it's curiosity it, is Yeah, it? you're literally only doing it then to see what happens. Yeah. But you know you that there's never that gonna be a good ending. I mean you this is you know it's Black Mirror, it's Bandersnatch. Mm. Do you not, not think this could be like a future sort of Hollywood kind of film though? Like big blockbuster film where you choose well, you where you want do it to it go. In the cinema, could you? Well, why not? You could, everyone could choose and, and the, the most voted yeah. things go ahead kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, but then, but then, it, yeah, but then not... if your choice isn't represented, you're going to be like, well, I didn't. Ooh. Yeah. Well, 70% said that and you only, you're the You could do it as like, you know, a lot of films are only, are released on Netflix or made by Netflix. It, but I, I don't see how it works as a cinema release. It's uh, let's run with it. Let's run with it. Let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I think it does open it up as, you know, as something that people, more people should do. But a lot of the value of Bandersnatch comes because it's paying homage to the choose your own path thing. Yeah. Uh, someone would have to do it on a much bigger level for it to work, work, isn't it? So like a mind astray has said on IMDb, it's, you know, everything mm. felt too simple. A bit too forced. What do you think? Almost like you need three or four options. Yeah, you really do. And also, there needs to be sort of genuine differences in the parts. So a lot of the a lot of the parts in Bandersnatch, you make completely different choices, but end up at the same scene. Yeah, like three, mm. four scenes later, and then you'll have those decisions from that point. And yeah, there might be slight differences, but yeah. they don't really, yeah. really change. But but Dilsey, you have to appreciate this is quite early on in this whole new development. I they, think it's brilliant. Yeah, they took a massive risk, and it, I think it worked pretty well for a first for a first go at this kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I also think. I also think. Um, I'm curious the time now, so we've been talking chat for an hour about this now. But I think, yeah, Charlie Brooker is trying to make the point that we never, you know, the way we're guided, our choices are never really our own. I actually also think he's taking the Mickey out of people a little bit. Because of our need to want to do things over. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, mm. but it really, Bandersnatch really plays on, um, your kind of, you know, your, your want to do things over, to make things right, to keep yeah. going round and round until, you know, you get perfect. Until you're happy with the outcome. Yeah. Or satisfied. Yeah. Can I, I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. yeah. In, in, in everyday life, is there anything that you've kind of gone, wow, well, I wish I'd done that differently. Yeah, it's like, cause in real life, you don't get to do it again, but how often do you replay it in your head? And you want to do it, you want to have If I'd do said over. this, or if I'd done that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, can I blow your mind for a minute? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, one of my favorite books, and um, I'm, you know, I've read it twice, and I think it's one of my favorite stories of all time, is a book called Replay. And it's by mm. Ken, uh, Grin, uh, Grim, Grimwood. Yeah. Quite an unknown author, but the story is worth reading because, this man, he, he, I think he dies in his 50s and he's had a bit of a pointless life really, not really done much and he wakes up again when he's 18 mm. 
And he gets ah. to replay his life from 18 to 50. Wow. Then he dies again. Then he's 18 to 50. And the whole point of the story is he's replayed his life and he can replay it as many, many, like, he re- replays his life. I don't want to ruin the story, but he just replays it and he can make different decisions. It's absolutely one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah. I'll, and, I'll have a read on No, page, it, yeah. it, honestly, I've, I, I've shown it to a few people. Um, my wife, Becca, didn't like it. Mm. Um, I've shown it to a friend at work and he, I bought it for his birthday at work and he loved it. So it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's so interesting. So for example, he knows, uh, who's going to win the Grand National. He knows who's going to, so he can he, make himself yeah. rich. He, he, he buys shares in, in Apple mm. when it's really small company and he, yeah. he makes millions and he, he replays his life many, many different ways. Sometimes he gets really rich. Sometimes he finds love. Sometimes he does this and this and this and this. And I'm not going to really end him, but it's such a good, such a good book. Um, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of this whole sort of band of that choose your own adventures and you get another choice at life. Really it's interesting. And I think, I think that that is a valid thing that, some, you know, someone like Charlie Brooker should take the mickey out of because a lot of us do obsess about these things. We're yeah. thinking, you know, Oh, I wish I'd brought an umbrella to work today because I am soaked. I'm going to be miserable all day. What would have happened if I'd have picked up that umbrella? Um, I wouldn't be sat here and, you know, be miserable and, you know, just little things like that. Or, you know, um, one thing that I'm sort of on the fence about is whether I should have gone to university. Cause in, I sometimes think about it. Was it a complete waste of time? But I think about all the friends. And stuff that I've made from university. See, yeah, you know, without them, I in my do, life. and I do the opposite. And you do the opposite. I left. I didn't stick with university, and I think quite often to myself, "Oh, what if I had?" Yeah. So we all, you know, we all do you it. You might have been, you would have been a completely different, different career path. Yeah. So would have I. You know, yeah. it's how different your lives have been. But then, but then, if you think about it, if you change anything, you know, any of your previous decisions, mm. the people who like are most important in your life wouldn't be there you yeah know, you wouldn't be where where you are now we um, wouldn't be doing this arcade top podcast now we <laughs> wouldn't be sitting in this room if i'd have made even the slightest the slight you know your university or career or everything we wouldn't have been sat here right now no because okay. i wouldn't have started arcade attack potentially you know so if your mum if your mum throw throw mag- out your magazine <laughs> If my mum yeah. didn't throw my magazine in a in parallel the universe, your mum looked after those magazines and said, Look, Dylan, I've put them all nice and neat together. Yeah, yeah. She might have done, but then you might have been looking through them one day and thought, Oh, I would love to. Oh, and did it, yeah. Yeah, and done it anyway. Done it anyway. So, but then I might have got to the point where someone had already, someone had, someone had already taken the arcade attack, uh, URL, which is all of this is based around, was me, <laughs> yeah. trying to put, me trying to put sort of gamingy words together. We would have called it, um, Dylan's Arcade instead. It would have been Dylan's Arcade and nowhere near as popular. So, <laughs> you know, it's, oh, it's really odd. Um, but I think it's a valid thing to, to take the mickey on. But I think, I think I'll sort of close this off by well, saying. Before we wrap um, up though, I just think we want to say Will Porter, I thought he'd done a good job. And I think, the hate you got on Twitter was a bit unfair. Oh yeah, I'm glad you brought Why that back. Why did he get actually. hate on Twitter? Oh, this is people news just. To me. Someone said he was ugly, or someone said he looked oh, ugly. <laughs> but the thing is, right, Will Porter. Okay, right. So they made him look a bit sort of geekyish and stuff. And I'm pretty sure he was wearing some false teeth or mm. something because he's got some like his top lip or something looks really pronounced at some point. Right. I don't know if he's got some. I don't know, but I don't. I, I think he was very good in it personally. I think it was there quite is interesting. Something about Twitter and obviously mental health and. If it's bad for you, 
just walk away. And I think that's what he's done. He's like, he's looked at it. He, he's one of these guys obviously looks at what's going on. A lot of celebrities don't care. They'll just tweet about mm. something random. Um, and then not care about what, what any sort of anyone else has to say about it. But he's obviously paid a lot of attention mm. to it, uh, and walked away from it. And a lot of our Twitter friends and probably some of the guys listening to this have had breaks. Yeah. From social Twitter, media. From social media. No, I think he's, I've always thought he's a good actor whenever I've seen him There's pop up. a lot of support things. for him as well. I wish that, you know, he, he can still look at this and kind of see like, all right, yeah. well, people are actually saying that, you know, all those people were talking rubbish and mm. he's a good looking guy. Come on, Will. You're a good looking guy, mate. Don't worry. You know, please come back. Please come back to Twitter. We'll have well, a good chat. Um, be proud of yourself because I think you, you're one of the best things in that program. Good, I think yeah. he, he, held, he held the screen. When he was on there, I was like, yeah, this guy's a good actor. People forget he's done Hollywood stuff. Like, yeah. he's not, oh, yeah. he's not some like small time schmo. He's, he's like, really. you know, he's proper. And that, that's why I love the cast. And like, Fionn Whitehead, I think, does a really good, a really good job as Stefan. Mm. Um, all the extraneous characters obviously all play their, play their part. Um, it's nice to see Jeff Minter in it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I nothing. I could always watch Jeff all day long. If he appeared in this room maniacally uh, laughing at me, uh, <laughs> I would probably be a little bit scared. Yeah. I think he'd, he'd done a good job acting mani- like crazy, didn't he? <laughs> it's funny because Jeff actually did a game called Polybius, didn't he? He, he did. <laughs> he did. Do you reckon he did the original one that made everyone go mad? You know what? That is a podcast that, I want to do in the future. Well, that's, that's like an urban legend. Though, that, that's it? an urban legend yeah. we were going to revisit. We should actually talk we, about that. That could be fun. We, we are. We're going to do it, aren't we? I yeah. reckon he's given us a massive clue there. I reckon he actually did that game back in the 80s. I'm, again, we're talking about books. I'm reading a book called Armada and it, it, they mentioned Polybius in there. And we've got to revisit this. Yeah, we should. Mm-hmm. We should. It's in The Simpsons too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I think Bandersnatch was a great ride. Uh, I think... I think it is a genre that can be taken, that can be taken forward, but yeah, I think to make it fully interactive, there has to be a lot more choices, a lot more sort of not, not mirroring, mirroringy paths. Mm. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to say was, you know, yeah, you know, you may, you may get stressed about old decisions. You may sort of think, you know, I should have done yay this or done that, but you know, well, I think Apollo Creed sums it up perfectly in Rocky Free. It says, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Enjoy today. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at ArcadeAttackUK, at KeithBarlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ArcadeAttackUK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness. Interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.